Jeffrey Clayton, executive director of the American Bail Coalition, joins me now. Uh, Jeffrey, good morning. Thanks for joining me. Good morning. So, you know, right to the point, the looters, the violent offenders, uh, they go in, they go out sometimes, not even hours later with a piece of paper, a desk appearance ticket, whatever the case may be. What is that? Uh, look like? What does that impact on law enforcement in the community look like? Well, it just creates a revolving door. There's no back door on the jail. They just go in the front door and right back out and right back out, out onto the streets. And we just looked at some data from Hennepin County that we're putting together, but it looks like only one or two people in all of the arrests that, that took place are still in custody, meaning, and very few had to post bail. Look, we've seen some egregious examples. We have the 27-year-old woman from uh, upstate New York, uh, north of the city, not really fully upstate, who threw a Molotov cocktail into a police officer, into a uh, police vehicle while officers were in it. We have a Harvard, not Harvard, but a New York University-educated attorney and a Columbia Law-educated attorney, one the driver, the other one throwing the Molotov cocktail at a police vehicle. These are not incidental acts these are not okay we broke a window not that that's good either this is outright looting this is lawlessness and you know when you look at that and you look at how it emboldens the looters and the rioters uh do you see any end to this if the police are not allowed to take really strong action i don't and we need to take the handcuffs off the judges and unfortunately that's what the politicians in albany have done is get rid of judicial discretion and say no bail for a lot of these cases where we would say there needs to be bail and some of these people need to stay in jail. And by taking away judicial discretion, we've just said, well, we're going to decide it for all time. And that's what needs to change is let judges look at these guys. And if it's the third time tonight, you know what? It's 10,000 or you're, or forget it. You're staying in jail. But, you know, you're going to hear the, the obvious cries from the other side. But, you know, they don't have the money. They don't have the resources. They, they're not employed. They're not making enough money. Or, hey, coronavirus, so we can't keep them locked up in crowded conditions in jail. But if you choose to go out and loot, should that be our first concern? It should be our last concern. And the first concern is that, you know, you're destroying a community and you're violating the law and you're not peacefully demonstrating, which is encouraged and allowed in this country. You're the problem. And a lot of these guys are coming from out of uh, out of state. I mean, we're seeing, you know, one fifth of these arrests, at least in Minneapolis, were from out of Minnesota. But they're not all coming from out of state. And th- this is where I run into an issue with the reporting on this, Jeffrey. There are members of the community, just like there were members of the community in Ferguson, members in Baltimore, in all these circumstances that go beyond protest to rioting. A lot of times police officers know who they are. The community, obviously, will know who they are to some extent, their neighbors or other associates. So they're destroying their own neighborhoods and they're being released to go back out there. What does that say to the community? Well, I I think it says that we we don't really care, uh, that we're just going to permit this to happen. And that's the biggest tragedy is that communities that we're trying to help, that we're mostly concerned about, are taking the biggest brunt of this. And it sends the wrong but message. They're the same people electing these politicians. See, there's a cycle of, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? Uh, political stupidity here, you name it. But this is a cycle because these are the same people voting these local mayors, council members, or other officials into power. 
Exactly. And maybe we need elected police chiefs in some of these cities to let citizens have their voices to whether they want law enforcement or not. Um, And I think they do. And obviously they want a wide variety of community programs we don't have either. How did we get here? And I know it's a very complex uh, situation and question, but how did we get here where police chiefs, the police leadership, whatever the title, it varies from time to time, have become more of a mayoral agency rather than a very basic principle in America, which is laws were written to be outside of politics, the Constitution, uh, the state Constitution, the laws are not supposed to be tied to politics, but yet these are political ideologies and the decisions being made based on it. How did we get to this point? Well, I think social media has got a lot to do with it. We want instantaneous decisions and results. And in this case, we prejudged the case before we even saw the full tape or the 911 call. We just said, oh, guilty, guilty as charged. And there's a lot more to it uh, than that that leads up to to some of these facts. And so I think we rush to judgment, we combine it with our hyper-political environment, and this is what we end up with.